do if you discover that you were born into a non-traditional family? Does it mean that you are predisposed to failing at life? Find out how our guest today, Legend Thurman, not only survives, but she thrives. Don't go away. We'll be right back. joining us then welcome to the writer's corner live show i'm your host Bridgetti limbanda from cape town in south africa and our live stream today is made possible by creative edge Streamyard, and be live media a special warm welcome to you our audience so whether you're watching us on facebook on youtube on twitter on linkedin and also on amazon live this is an audience centric show which means that uh we are keeping an eye on the comments if you've never watched the writer's corner live show before we have been going live for over three years and uh, so if you are brand new, do let us know in the comments and we would love to give you a shout out to welcome you to the Writer's Corner live show. But before we introduce our amazing guest for today, um, I want to just say hello to my friend and co-host Mary Elizabeth Jackson. She is a special needs and disabilities advocate and also an award-winning author of the Poolicious Children's Book Series and the just-released Cheers from Heaven with Thornton Klein. Mary's also got a chapter in the Fearless Entrepreneurs, and we both are in the book Invisible No More, Invincible Forevermore, and so is our amazing guest today. Um, both these two books have got stories of amazing resilience and uh, all the proceeds of those books go to very, very worthy nonprofit organizations. Mary's out in Nashville in the USA. So wherever you are joining us from around the globe, a very, very warm welcome to you. And with that, Mary, how are you doing today? I am wonderful. And yes, we are global this morning, aren't we? So very exciting. We're coming from around the world and we love the that technology, technology is is um, there for us to be able to do this to each other, with each other, not to each other, but with each other. So um, with each other, yes. And we love this book, and and we're all big fans of legends. You know, we have there are twenty nine women in this book who have come together with just such incredible stories and journeys, and um, it was such an honor. It is an honor to be a part of it, and we're so excited to have her uh, join us and. Um, and we're doing good over here in the States. It's, you know, it's, it's still hot. You're starting to get a little bit warm. You're starting to get warmer, right? Cause you've been freezing cold and that's where we're headed. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's wonderful. You know, I love the fact that we 
um, can meet together because thanks to the technology of live streaming, you know, we doesn't matter where we are, as long as we've got internet, we can get together. And uh, and just so for the people that are over watching us over on Amazon um, Live, you will notice that our book, our featured book, we'll talk a little bit more about that when our guest joins us, um, Invincible, Invisible No More, Invincible Forevermore, that book is over in the carousel. And also, in order to bring you the kind of quality show that Mary and I are able to uh, produce, and I forgot to ask her again, you know, I use the Logitech Brio camera, um, and I think Mary's actually got a Logitech Brio as well. And, yes. Uh, yes, and so that's over in the carousel. I use the Samsung um, CIOU USB studio condenser microphone. So that's over in the carousel. Yours is um, more fancy than mine, I think. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, much, they're much of a muchness. And I keep forgetting to ask you, I must ask you what the name of your microphone is next time so that yeah. I can add that to the carousel um, yeah. as well. So moving on to our amazing guest for today. Legend Thurman is a doctor of veterinarian medicine candidate at the Royal Veterinary College in London, England, and she aspires to be a full-time governmental veterinarian. Now, I'm, I want to ask her why that specifically, why she emphasized that. It's, in a, her, different, it's a different, you know. Bio. We don't see that every day. We don't meet somebody no. every day that this wants they want to do this specifically. So it's very intriguing. It is. I want to ask her about that. Um, I think it kind of ties into, you know, the fact that she says she wants to become an advocate for change mm -hmm. in veterinary medicine to impact legislation, advocacy, and public policy. So I'm a big fan of all that, being an advocate. So, yes. Yes. Absolutely. And as I mentioned before, in the carousel, you'll find the book that we're talking about today, which is Invisible No More, Invincible Forevermore. It's a number one best-selling Amazon collaborative um, anthology. And an, and an international bestseller as well. And I think... The last we checked, there were four countries. It could be more than that now. I don't know. Abs yes, absolutely. And so Legend has written uh, Chapter 16, and it's mm -hmm. called Powerful Beyond Measure. So let's give her a warm welcome. Do you feel special? <laughs> Hello, ladies. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, we're so glad that you're here. And, um, you know, one thing we have not mentioned, this is your debut book as an author, right? It, isn't it? So it is, absolutely. 
I mean, that doesn't happen to everybody. And it happened for Brigetti the same way as well. Her debut, she was in another anthology and it was a number one bestseller also. So it kind of like, I think this is the new trend because I saw another friend of ours who just posted about an anthology he's in and it, you know, it's, it, it's a new way of, I, I don't know, you know, maybe just having big groups come together, really getting these books out, sharing them with people and sharing the knowledge and information. But how exciting for you. And is your, how is your family feel about, you know, you're in London, you've got this exciting career you're going into, and now you can add this to your bio. <laughs> That's a loaded question because my family is split between Pennsylvania and Washington, DC back in the States. Mm -hmm. And they're made up a lot of a lot of different people with different personalities for sure. And initially when I told them I was a part of this project several months ago, this isn't anything against them, but I don't think they really thought anything of it because oh, I've man. always been involved in some sort of internship, school-driven activities, just an endless list of keeping myself busy all the time. So when I said, oh, I'm in a collaboration book, I don't, I think it just like went through as a fleeting thought at the moment, not the everlasting power it was going to entail for women in society, plus this wonderful networking opportunity for all of us to collaborate together as individuals from all our different walks of life around the world. So where we are now, again, once it got published and it did as well as it did in the long run, they truly felt the same joy I'm feeling and also saw the messages we all were trying to share with the world at the end of the day. And not just one message, but several messages, but all of them revolving around support, power, courage, collaboration, an endless list of things just to not only make women, but all of society feel empowered that they can go out and make a change for themselves too. That That is amazing. So I want to start with, um, you know, we're talking about your family out of the gate. <laughs> and I'm so happy that they get to appreciate your your journey of becoming an author you know it's a big deal it really is a big deal not everyone gets to become um an author and a best-selling author and um and i think nothing warms one's heart more when your family supports something like this and just kind of pats you on the back and say you know well done you know it's it's those little things in life that make a big difference so tell us a little bit about your family um dynamics just to give a bit of context to to the story of course so for the family members up in pennsylvania that consists of my mom and her siblings when i say mom though she is actually my great aunt by definition but i call her my mom because she was the one who raised me since i was about five years old and the dynamics and environment that i was immersed in since i was a young child were always one of a loving nurturing environment of course but also one of hard work showing that education is very important and it's a privilege that I'm able to have an education at this point in my life, as well as also non-judgment, having the courage to believe in yourself and truly chase your dreams in the long run. So that attitude was all I was always surrounded by. However, what drove me eventually to write the book was also being in that environment, but also recognizing the struggles I had, not from my family directly, but again, from society trying to come in and push against those ideals that I was being raised in at the end of the day. And as for my family in Washington, DC, those were, if you call adopted family members, I got much later in life around the time when I was in college. And at the end of the day, they're not related to me by blood at all. But again, 
instilled those same values, that same loving environment I had from college and even up till this day that was able to be combined with the loving values and nurturing environment my mother and her siblings gave me. So I have a lot of support from different geographical locations and several people I'm proud to call my family and also those who believe in me and my accomplishments. And I think not only myself, but they are the driving force of what keeps me going at the end of the day, knowing that it's not just my internal faith and belief that I can achieve something, but knowing that you do have people, like you said, Bruschetti, patting you on the back at the end of the day, but also rooting for you, no matter where you are in any situation, what you're trying to accomplish, how big or how small. Just knowing I have that, honestly, is such a blessing in life. I think people feel like they can, you can, it's the difference between in being in the valley and not feeling like you can ever get out and being on the top of the mountain and knowing that you can accomplish anything or get up there. We all want to be supported. We all want to be heard. I think uh, the three of us, along with all the other ladies, really, we, that message was very strong for us that everyone wants to be heard. Everybody wants their story heard or their inner cries or wounds, whether we're ever able to talk about them or not, every human being wants to be supported and loved and heard. And um, it does make a difference in your life. You know, it's it's not so fun to do a journey all by yourself. Um, and part of your journey that I really love is your advocacy work um, because of being an advocate myself and uh, want fighting for justice you know, going to Capitol Hill and having conversations with senators and sitting in meetings and trying to change law in the state I live in for the betterment of children in classrooms. You know, you really have to have a heart and you have to have a lot of passion for things like this when you want to get involved in stuff like that. But you also have to have a thick skin because a lot of times there are barriers and there are impossible mountains to overcome. And I have seen that in the 11 years that I have been doing this, the challenges that are presented that feel like, okay, I don't understand. We're all doing this in the name of justice and, you know, making things better. Why isn't everybody automatically on board with me? Do you find that as well in the advocacy work that you're doing? Yes. And I believe those seeds of barriers that you're talking about that we encounter, once again, we find ourselves deep in having these conversations and actually going out and doing the attainable work. I think those ideals start very early on because at the end of the day, we all have different opinions as well as ideals and beliefs we want to fight for and bring justice for at the end of the day. But unfortunately, not all of our opinions and ideals are the same either. And when we're younger, I think I'm not going to say that we all think we're always right. And if someone's not in line with us, it's not going to work in the long run. But it is learning to overcome those specific barriers at an early age and learn to collaborate with others, knowing that it all starts with a simple conversation because politics at the end of the day are just conversations. But it's more so gain and align of what we all collectively are trying to accomplish. So yes, I constantly see that struggle on a daily basis, not just within the work I'm doing and also plan to do, but just on every level, on a social level, on an educational level, as well as a governmental and advocacy level at the end of the day. So I think learning to come together and know that 
here are the goals we want to accomplish. Because at the end of the day, I think both sides, even if they are conflicting in terms of ideals, I think we can all come together for a common goal of why we want change, the betterment of society, whether it's like you, Mary, for children in the classroom, literacy, anything like that, or with me with advocacy towards animal welfare, ethics, one health in my department. Everything at the end of the day stems from collaborative research and conversations together in order to make a change that's going to be better for society as a whole. But it is learning, again, to overcome those obstacles of wanting to communicate and work together first. Hmm. Yes, very well said. Absolutely. Wow, 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 wow. I want to also ask you, um, where did your love for animals come from? Did that come from, did that come from family? Um, or is it is it something you developed over time, you know? And uh, and I want to get to my question that I mentioned in, in the beginning. You you mentioned that you wanted to become a governmental uh, veter veterinarian. Tell us a little bit, you know, where does that come from? Sure. To address your first question, most people who are now in veterinary school in the profession will probably tell you that ever since they were a young child, they've always loved animals, wanted to be a veterinarian. It was their dream childhood career. I won't lie that I'm part of that category. I knew since I was a very young age, again, that I wanted to be an animal doctor at the end of the day, take care of all these loving animals who I thought were just great companions to have and how they're able to, I look at nowadays, provide service to so many individuals in so many capacities and occupations. But I think my passion and drive for it came for the fact that it's not just about my love for animals, but also the fact that I want to create a change in terms of the scientific realm, because there's this idea of one health that I'm very passionate about. And for people who don't know, one health, it's almost like this triad of people, animals, and the environment, but it's an interconnected framework where anything that occurs on one end of the triangle automatically impacts the other end of the triangle. So hence where our decisions of how we treat one another, animals and the environment are vital and also impactful in the long run of how it's going to create change, not only again for individuals, but the planet. So that seed was planted in me a long time ago and it's just grown ever since as I've been exposed to different people, careers and opportunities within the profession. And that actually segues perfectly into what you asked me about why I want to be a governmental vet. I will tell everyone, going into vet school, I had a very open mind because a lot of people think when they think the term veterinarian, we're talking about small animal clinicians. So who you take your dog or your cat to when they get sick, a possible farm animal vet or a zoo vet at the end of the day. And going into vet school, like I had the same approach. It's like, okay, there's these couple different careers. I could go any route I want to, but let's just keep an open mind, see what I'm exposed to, what I learned and how the passion continues to grow. So I actually had no idea about governmental veterinarians when I entered the Royal Veterinary College back in 2018. It was during my second year when I got involved in one of my national leadership organizations that I'm still involved with to this day, that I was exposed to that facet of the profession. And I learned that you can find veterinarians in a multitude of levels within society. It's not just the ones I listed, but government, research, academia, the military, and the list goes on and on and on, let me tell you. But when I first heard governmental veterinarian, okay, that's like, Washington DC, Capitol Hill advocacy, that whole realm, sure. But it actually divulged so much more into specific areas. So local, state, federal, 
legislative, executive, judicial. So everything we learned back in like civics classes when we were younger, that actually applies to the veterinary governmental field at the end of the day, that there are veterinarians working on Congress or on a state level for your state VMAs in order to make a change in terms of how medicine is practiced, drug regulation, transportation control, again, an ever-ending infinite list of priorities that they take that we also can take to Congress. And I thought this specific area of the field is so unique, but also so powerful that one could be given the humbling privilege and opportunity to speak for those who cannot speak for themselves. Because it would, trust me, let me tell you, if, it, if a dog could walk through the door, even at a practice and say, I don't feel well, my stomach's upset and I feel sick, that would make life so much easier. But imagine now the laws and regulations that also directly impact them because animals within the law are listed as properties. They don't get to fight for the rights at the end of the day or for those who handle them or any aspect in which they are directly or indirectly involved. So having someone assigned to do that for them to me just is so powerful and impactful because with, without me or anyone else who wants to go down this road of the profession, where would the animals be? The profession would move forward in a clinical sense, but in terms of moving forward at the same propelling level that the rest of society is at the end of the day, we would fall drastically behind. So for me, being able to have that privilege to do that for the animals and make a change, even if it only impacts a sliver of the population at the end of the day, national, international, or even locally, that to me is all I want to see in the long run and why I want to do what I do. Mm. That's wonderful, Legend. And, you know, we need people fighting, uh, you know, because little kids, you know, young children, especially nonverbals and children with disabilities and uh, even adults mm -hmm. with disabilities, they can't talk for themselves either. So we need people mm -hmm. like what you're doing, you know, and so you're you're out there fighting the big fight, which sometimes is fun and sometimes is not fun at all. But um, I want to, <laughs> isn't it right? Some days you're like, why am I doing this? <laughs> this is like a battle that is never going to get won because there are two sides and nobody can, you know, come together. And like you said, it, it is a conversation and, and we should be able to sit down and talk about things logically. But the problem sometimes is the alter ulterior motives and ulterior agendas that sometimes kind of creep into place and financial, uh, monetary, you know, all of that. There's just so many things that come into play. Um, but I want to kind of bring it back around. I, I we, uh, Bridgetti and I would love for you to talk about your chapter in Invincible. And I want to ask you the question because I, I know for, for me and there were a couple other ladies that were part of this um, that it was hard to write. Um, for me, it was like, um, well, sometimes I wanted to be invisible in my life. Like I've not always felt invincible, but I can remember more times of feeling invisible and wanting to hide or just like not exist, you know, because of whatever was going on. Did you find it easy to write your chapter? Because I think a lot of us struggled with this, but we were... There was something inside each of us that pushed us forward to participate in this project. And I'm so grateful that we all did. Yes. And I am on that boat as well. It was very easy to say yes to the project once I found out what it was, what it entailed, and the opportunity to share my story. But once it came down to sitting at the laptop and start writing, I got writer's block, complete blank. And that has actually never happened before. Like all throughout life writing scientific reports or again 
literary essays for college. Like, again, at least I had something to go off of. But turning the table around and doing, again, personal reflection on yourself and the story you want to share and the lessons from what you've learned over the period of time you're referring to, how you've made that transition from invisible to invincible, that actually is very, very difficult because you are most of the time drawing back towards yourself and digging out either memories, emotions, feelings, or thoughts that possibly you have kept under lock and key for the longest time. And now you have to put them into words on how they made you feel, how you want to express them on this book and onto paper, and what you want others to feel in the process whenever they're reading your words and your story and the lesson you want to share. So absolutely, I found that very difficult. But I think kind of the little action or event that happened that finally made me be able to sit down and start writing. Because I know a few, a few of us did have that struggle, but once we did start writing, a lot of us just wrote it within one day. We couldn't stop once we started. That aspect also happened with me. And for me, it was finally once I had decided a starting point, so where exactly I wanted to start. And for me, that was almost all the way back to the beginning in terms of my environment, where I was raised, different social ideals that had tried to instill themselves upon me in the process. And then again, once I identified that key moment, it just kept going after that. That is amazing. I do want to ask you, because I've, I've asked all the authors, how did you get involved with Linda? How did you meet Linda and become a part um, of this book and then I want to ask you if you could read us a favorite um, section out of the book if you've got a copy there it'd be, be lovely to hear you read it I always love um, hearing how people read their own you know just a section because you put the emphasis in just the right place no one else can do that so it'd be great <laughs> if you just read us a little bit from the book for us I will actually. So I am waiting for my physical copies to get sent overseas because my physical copies were supposed to arrive back when I was home in the States, but there were some problems with shipping because of the pandemic. But again, that's understandable, but I'm pulling out my technological version. But while I do that, how I met Linda was, so as you guys can tell, I am, I'm very extroverted. I like to be involved in a lot of different projects and collaboration efforts. And when the pandemic hit and we couldn't attend conferences or events or let alone go to school, go to work or do much of anything other than stay home and protect ourselves, I was trying to find alternative ways to be involved and collaborate and continue to work toward my long-term goals. So I was on LinkedIn one day and I saw an advertisement for the Women Action Takers Networking events. And that's that sold me right then there. I'm like, I love networking. I want to know what kind of action is being taken. And you know what? At the end of the day, I'm probably going to meet some great people. So I decided to attend one of the networking events, met Linda and a multitude of other ladies from around the world with, again, different goals, ideals, and purposes that they want to accomplish within their life. And I was sold at that moment, just, again, this new community of individuals I wanted to be involved with. And during these networking events usually there's some form of like updates from linda in which she tells us what she's working on or she highlights a few things and one of them was her collaborative books and it was this book invisible no more invincible forevermore as well as her other collaborative anthology um the fearless entrepreneurs and i wanted to know more about it and right then there i was <laughs> telling myself 
budget. What, what, are, what are you doing? Get involved in a book. You're 24 years old. You know what? It's fine. Let's just hop on the call, see what she says. I'm just interested. Maybe I can support her in some manner. And lo and behold, got on the call. The ideals aligned. It was definitely something I felt could be a good fit for me. And kind of that chance. We always say in our lifetime that we kind of have a list of everything we want to accomplish. And I think for almost everyone on the planet, they say at some point they would love to write a book. That phrase is used so often, whether again, it's a biography, a fiction, a life story, a lesson book, anything. And I'm not gonna lie, that was on my list. I always wanted to write some sort of a book. I never knew what about or like what I wanted to focus it on. But then this just appeared. The timing's always right with everything. And the moment I said yes, began this wonderful journey that led literally has led to where we are today in terms of meeting all these wonderful people now being a very good friend with linda emceeing now the women action networking events that are taking place twice a month and all these other wonderful opportunities for us to work together so that's how i met linda and i'm going to load my chapter now so i can read the section and brigetti i might read the section you actually prefer that we talked about last time <sighs> Ooh, that is amazing. That is amazing. I, I, you know, that, that just, that phrase just stood out for me as profound. Um, and I think a lot of people could, could possibly um, re relate to that. And I want to just give a shout out to Tish, who's watching us over on, uh, on Amazon Live. She's Hello, been a Tish. great of the Writer's Corner Live show for since the beginning she was one of our earliest earliest supporters of the live of Yay. the live i want to give tish a huge big shout out yes and um just you know to show how global we are and just the magic of connecting um antoine who says that um he is you know one of his goals is also to write a book now antoine i met over on amazon live you know if it wasn't for for the ability to live stream to Amazon Live, I may not have met Antoine. And even though he's watching on LinkedIn, he is also one of the uh, community members on Amazon Live. So huge big shout out to Antoine as well. Well, I will tell we support him because, you know, I, my career now, Legend is starting very early in her author career. Mine started later in life. But what I would say to people is, don't wait, do it because you'll never get it done. If you just, oh, I want to write a book and it just kind of sits there on the shelf and I'll get to it later. I'm too busy. No, you're not too busy. If I, with three children at very spread out ages can find time to write, you can find time to write, right? Because I'm writing in car rider lines and at rehearsal and practices and games and, you know, in the bathroom, wherever I can find, you know, time to write. So, I mean, I take every moment I can. So I know you can too. Okay, Legend, I'm excited. Let's go. You ready? <laughs> yes. So before I start, I'm going to say this early on because I did it last time when I was with Brigetti. I'm a type of individual where I have over time within my life extrapolated specific quotes from books, movies, the Bible, musicals, you name it, that I like to live by and enforce at different points. And little sneak peek for the audience, there are a few of them in my chapter and you're going to hear one of them right now <laughs> consistently rooted in the idealism that i had to prove my work to those around me i'd fallen into this trap of believing that my past 
specific individuals' opinions, and everyone else's agenda established my value and the basis of how I was to live my life. No, it's simply all about awareness. Charles Ford and Cooley said it best. I am not who I think I am. I am not who you think I am. I am who I think you think I am, mm. proving the complex nature of the human identity based on the strictures of society. Through focus, commitment, repetition, and faith, I stepped into a new light recognizing that I, along with every single person in the world, is God's highest form of creation, gifted with the ability to make decisions based on logic, feelings, and courage. Therefore, settling is an option, but not a conscious choice. We have to think and act exactly like the person we want to become, and that the simple choice of wanting to do so is all we need in order to succeed. The only person whose permission you need to break through the barriers standing in your way is yourself. You are the one you have been waiting for. Your authenticity and transparency is the seed that is planted in your core to leave your legacy. Mm. That is amazing. Beautiful, amazing. Beautiful, so beautiful, beautiful. Yes, very wise, wise words and, and very Thank inspiring you. words. And, you know, that's, I don't know, that's a big thing right now, right? Because we are all in this world going through time that we've never seen. And uh, we, I think all of us have the, like this, that we have good days and we have bad days. Even those of us who really try to stay in a positive mindset and, and be an inspiration um, by staying there, it gets to us also. And we have to pull ourselves back up out of that. And then sometimes it takes maybe hearing words from someone else to go, oh yeah, okay, that's what I want to feel about what's happening right now, or that's where I want to stay, or oh, I totally agree with that, or oh, that's so helpful today. Because we all need that, don't we? And we're here to support each other. That's a really, really, really big thing that is so important right now. And we have it, you know, if you're a woman out there and want to be a part of uh, with the Women Action uh, Takers Network, please, you know, come over to that because it is nothing but supportive women who want to collaborate or just support. Like there's no competition at all. It's, it's, an, it's an amazing group of women that are trying to walk a higher path with each other, aren't we? Absolutely. And it's, you know, uh, it's always collaboration over competition, mm -hmm. um, which, which is amazing. So if anyone is watching us over on uh, Amazon Live, or if you're watching on one of the other platforms over on Amazon, the book Invisible No More, Invincible Forevermore, um, is in the carousel. And we want to ask you to support the book, to buy a copy of the book. And the reason we ask you to buy a copy of the book is because um, the charity of choice for Invisible No More, Invincible Forevermore, is a global nonprofit organization called Dress for Success. It empowers women to achieve economic independence by providing them with an amazing um, network of support. Um, they also provide them with professional attire to help them find jobs and economic uh, independence. So the other thing that I really like about the anthologies by Linda Sunshine West is that in each chapter of the book, you will find the uh, you'll find a bit a short bio of all the authors and so legends is in there as well also a website so if you resonate with any one of the stories of the women in the book 
you can reach out to them i mean how often does that happen that you can get out to reach out to the author directly not not very often so the website is there and you're encouraged to reach out on their website and make a connection with them legend this was amazing thank you for yes. being on the show um with us today so really really love that really love that um and tish says um kudos i often say that it's none of my business what people think of me because she's uh, she's saying this in reference to the bit that you read legend mm -hmm. saying um it's none of my business what people think of me because to me it's irrelevant and doesn't count it says everything about that person and says nothing about me mm. just be you and i think very nice you know what you said brings that out beautifully in the book so go get a copy and read legends full story chapter 16 in invisible no more invincible forevermore legend yes. thank you so so much for joining us and um what's next for you are you are yeah. you another book what's next for you so besides being in my fourth year at RVC, year and a half left to go before I can officially stop saying DVM Canon, just say Dr. Legend Therma, which is what every veterinary student's dream is, which we just want the prefix to happen. Right, yeah, right. <laughs> but in terms of more personal and professional development, I am happy to say that I am currently working on my second book with Linda Sunshine West. Mm, that is which going one? to be titled it's going to be titled women action takers with healing powers inspirational oh, right. stories of women who use their gifts and talents to renew the world yes i know i that was one of the titles that rang a bell with me i was like oh i think i want to jump in on that one yes i think it's really great and she's got so many different titles you know ladies out there you know and we don't want to leave the men out but she's decided to go with just ladies i think she's gonna i think she's thinking about adding like a, you know a, a men and women's book because the fearless entrepreneurs is both men and women um but you know if you would like to collaborate or find out more about it just go to women action takers network because it's got a different couple different websites and facebook groups but go there and i think somewhere there's a list of all the books that she's um collaborating with people or you know people are writing chapters for so you know if you want to get in on that you can contact her there and um i just think it's you know let's just let it take over take over this whole group of women's you know inspirational books and educational books and what a way to advocate for women and, and men too. Cause you know, I was thinking about invisible and I, I have a family member who he's a male and I thought, okay, he would have been perfect in this book. Um, because so many of the, of women's stories were about narcissism in their life and relationships that were really, really bad. And it doesn't just happen to women. It happens to men as well. So. Absolutely. Legend, thank you so much. A huge big thank you to our audience, whether you've watched yeah. us on Facebook, on YouTube, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, um, or whether you've watched us on Amazon Live. It was absolutely amazing that you've joined us today. We want to thank you very, very much for joining us. So take care, everyone. Do stay safe. And we'll see you again next week back on the Writer's Corner live show.